Loud, unfiltered, and live nationwide. It's the Alex Strofe Show. Back on the Alex Strofe Podcast. Hi, I'm Alex Strofe. That was uh, that was tough to figure out, wasn't it? And this week, it's been a week. So we're going to bring in one of my good friends. It's Asher Lowe. He's the host of the Locked on Badgers podcast, as well as the publisher of the Badgers Wire so he he's uh he's he's in tune. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to everything surrounding Wisconsin that has hit us especially as of Wednesday. So Asher, first off, appreciate the time, man. Always good to chat with you, but it's uh it's been a week. Yeah, it's been uh pretty crazy. Uh if you look at like where we were Friday <laughs> and where we are today, I re- I read something on Facebook that this is this is probably the most ridiculous thing I've read all of 2020 in sports and that's saying something. Graham Mertz has had more positive COVID tests in the last four days than incompletions thrown. <laughs> Through one incompletion, he had two positive COVID tests. That pretty much sums it up. That's that's a pretty uh, weird turn of events. And we'll get to Mertz here in a little bit, obviously, both his performance on Friday and the positive tests. He's going to be missing at least 21 days, which is an interesting rule. And maybe we'll dive into that a little bit, too. But let's just start with the cancellation of this weekend's game. Uh, against Nebraska, Paul Christ, the head coach, test positive, as you mentioned, Graham Mertz earlier in the week, testing positive, and I think it was 10 others tested positive as well in the organization. So the move is to cancel the game against Nebraska. That makes sense to me, but break it down for me. Obviously, uh, both Barry Alvarez and Paul Christ talked today, and uh, you were in attendance virtually, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, just just run me through Wednesday. It's It's been a crazy day. Yeah, it has been a crazy day, and – we started the day with waking up to, well, last night we had news from Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal, Journal Sentinel, and I, I was hearing the same things that he heard about the game was in jeopardy and the game might be canceled. We wake up today, and we'd still, keep in mind, Alex, we'd heard nothing from the university. They released a depth chart on Monday night that was right. quite literally, I don't, I don't, I'm not exaggerating here, a copy and pasted depth chart from what it was last year. Yeah. Or last week, not last year. Last, last week, week yeah. They literally put the exact same depth chart out. So we knew that was a bad sign. They canceled availability on Tuesday, canceled player availability on Monday. We did talk to Paul Christ on Monday, but then radio silence, nothing. It was just reports, just leaks about Mertz's positive test, his second test to confirm Chase Wolf's positive test, uh, rumors about coaches, players. I was hearing all kinds of numbers thrown around. I heard some stuff that I really do believe, but I was also hearing some stuff you know, that just a lot of different random things being thrown around out there because there was no transparency from the top. And so then we finally got this morning an email from Wisconsin saying the game is canceled. We've had six positive cases on the team. We've had six positive cases in the coaching staff for a total of 12 positive cases as of Wednesday morning. I know, and I I reported this yesterday on Twitter, that yesterday they had their daily testing as they do every day. And they had, I don't have a number or names for you, but they had more additional positive tests and that that is part of that 12 number in all likelihood because mm-hmm. uh, they said that was of Wednesday morning so that was yesterday Tuesday morning they had more additional positive tests and that triggered a an entire team-wide PCR test which is a more reliable COVID test that not the one they get daily it's a different one it's the one to confirm after you get a positive daily they right. altered that regardless of their results and then we find out of course this morning that the games canceled games off it's been uh, it's been quite the timeline from the Graham Merch show on Friday to now the cancellation on Wednesday. But with this cancellation, Asher, you have to imagine, right? You know, this changes the entire dynamic of the rest of the season because they've got Purdue. Well, at least as of now, next week, 
they have to take the next seven days off as a team. This Purdue game, and I know it's probably way too early to make a prediction given that things with coronavirus change and evolve, not even every day. I mean, every hour it seems. But this Purdue game seems like it could also be in jeopardy. Or am I far-fetched there? No, I don't think you are at all. So I would I would just say it's in jeopardy, just point blank, because when what you have right now is a seven-day, and this is important. I, I wasn't super clear on this this morning before the press conference, but Barry Alvarez – Wisconsin's athletic director, and of course the Don, made it very clear to everybody today in the press conference that Wisconsin was not at the levels. It's called a red-red. We're not going to get into all the colors of the traffic light, but it, it, it's not. It, it, I'm not going to explain exactly what it means, but it's, it's complicated. But red-red means that the Big Ten forces you to cancel for seven days, no matter what. Wisconsin actually wasn't at that level, Alex. They were at orange-red. Yep. which all Big Ten says about that is proceed with caution. That, that's that's a summary of what they say about that. Essentially, no real direction there. So it was actually a Becky Blank, Wisconsin's chancellor, and Barry Alvarez co-decision here to cancel the game. And because of the cancellation for seven days, Alex, that means they can't practice or do anything till Wednesday at the very earliest, and that's three days before the Purdue game. So absolutely, it's in jeopardy. Yeah, and they're without Graham Mertz no matter what in that game, among others, obviously, because once you test positive, you're you're out for 21 days. And they would play that game without Paul Christ. I mean, this is it's just wacky, right? Yeah, it's really wacky. We don't have the clear timeline on Paul Christ actually, because the coach's okay. thing is 10 days, not 21. Oh. And there's not and there's not I don't have any information. I haven't heard it from anybody at least that that of the time of his first test. He, he did have the PCR test yesterday that came back positive today, but I don't know if there was a first test that would have triggered the clock to start because in the Big Ten, it starts with your first test. So like, for example, Graham Mertz tested positive Saturday, confirmed Monday. The clock, the 21-day clock starts from that Saturday test, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I don't know what yeah. Paul, when Paul Christ's first test was. That would determine when he can come back and if he can coach against Purdue. Definitely couldn't be in practice on Wednesday Basically, no matter what, though. No. I mean, I don't see how it right. could have been that much earlier than Tuesday. So I want to go back to the dynamic of the season uh, forthcoming, right? So w when you look at this, so we talk about obviously one game canceled. They're down to seven. Uh, they cancel that Purdue game. They're down to six. And you'll know better than I will. But if I'm not mistaken, if you play under six games, you're not bowl eligible. So this could get really sticky really fast. If you play under six games, you're also not Big Ten Championship Week eligible. So that would yeah. that would end Wisconsin season by playing under six games. That would they could still play more games, but that would end Wisconsin season after those games are played out. So if you go four and zero, five and zero, your season's over. There's one caveat, and I really hope we don't get to it. There's one asterisk there, and it's if enough teams play less than six games in the conference, right? Then I and I. The math is, I forget the math exactly, but if enough teams average six or less games, then the numbers change and you can go to the, the Big Ten Championship game with six games, five games. I don't think we're going to get there. I don't especially think so. Especially considering that we haven't had any other outbreak of this kind. We've had cases in other, other schools already in the Big Ten this week, but including, of course, a head coach. Jeff Braum missed the game last week for Purdue, but we definitely haven't had this level of outbreak or cancellation at any other school yet. We just haven't had it. So we'll see. And former Packer uh, draft pick, Brian Brom, taking the wheel for Purdue last weekend. Uh, worth, and worth getting a win. Getting a win. And, get, 
and getting a win. Yeah, that's that's worth noting. I think that would be the first of his head coaching quote unquote career, but uh, he was an interim, I guess, in that case. Anyway, so Danny Vandenboom of head coaches, Alex, once all it took, and you never want to mess up that stat again. He's one or no Danny Vandenboom through one career pass for one touchdown. He got the highest rating or quarterback rating in Wisconsin football history. People were getting excited about it. Obviously, it won't get the boom this Saturday. Not this Saturday for the boom, but I, I, I guess we can we can go into the quarterback talk a little bit because we mentioned Mertz is going to be out 21 days, and that started Saturday, so that means he's missing at least what that per, that Purdue game, and then it, would he miss a, the, the following week as well? No, so that's been that's been I, I've seen blue checks on Twitter, Alex, report this differently, but I'm like pretty confident of, of what I have based on the math and okay. when he tested positive first, he would be able to play against Michigan. Against that, Michigan. That okay. third game. That would be November 14th. It's a 21-day period from that Saturday, meaning that Friday, day before the Michigan game, would be the day that period uh-huh. ends. But it's not a 21-day period for no football activity. It's a 21-day period for no games. Oh! So what you have to do, per Big Ten standards, is be cleared by a cardiologist that the school provides and test negative for COVID. I'm not sure how many times you have to test negative or what the procedure is there, but you obviously have to have a negative COVID test to go along with that cardiologist clearance. Once that happens, you can return to practice. And so Mertz can have a full week of practice and then play against Michigan. That's still completely possible. Wow. Okay. Okay. So see, this is why I bring you in because you make sense of this. So uh, it, that is more ideal, but you're going to feel the boom more than likely if this game happens against Purdue. But l- let's talk about the bright stuff, the spots. I'm so sick of talking about COVID in 2020. This, you know, frankly, it fucking sucks, dude. I mean, you never want to see the Badgers not be playing, go through this. You don't want to see any team. Curse, have to go you curse on the Alex Stroh show? Uh, it's a podcast, so why not? Um, yeah, it, it does fucking suck. <laughs> it, yeah, it really does, man. And, you know, and I feel bad for you, obviously, because your content goes down. I mean, it's all going to be COVID-related, I guess, for the next week or so, right? I know. Here's what I'm doing, though. Here's what I did today on Locked on Badgers. I put out the basically everything I'm telling you and then some with just all the – Here's what you got to know. Like, here's what yeah. just happened. Here's what I'm trying to decipher for you with the Big Ten protocols. Here's what happened. I did a whole episode out on that. It's already out that I put out today. But I'm doing an episode tonight, and that one I am sticking to sports. It is not going to be any. So if you want to just go to a place for 20 minutes and forget it all happened, that's the episode for you. I have another episode out that is strictly, strictly about COVID and, and all like the protocols. That. So uh, I guess just out of curiosity, then uh, what's what's the the content game plan until you know the Badgers are back on the practice field? Has, has that even crossed your mind yet? That's an excellent question. Uh, I'll, I'll politician answer that one and say you know we're working on it. It's gonna go well. Really yeah. looking forward to it. We got some great stuff planned. <laughs> we're working on it. You're the man. That's awesome. Um, okay, so Gr- Graham Mertz. We should probably get a statue of him in front of uh, in front of Camp Randall already, right? Uh, honestly, if you told me that on Friday, yes. And now I think that people are just uh, wondering what the hell is going on. But yes, Friday was ridiculous. We haven't seen that kind of well, – we literally, quite literally, statistically, haven't seen that kind of performance from a right. UW quarterback ever. He set three program records, at, tied two of them, but set one of them. In week one, in his first ever start, 17 straight completions that tied a program record, five touchdown passes in his first career start that set a program record for someone's first start as a Badger. He was phenomenal, and he wasn't just doing it with dink and dunks, Alex. He had a 53-yard bomb to Danny Davis at the end of the half, a beautiful touch on a couple short throws, like that first touchdown to Mason Stockey, fullback you, baby, two fullback touchdowns in that game. 
Uh, but he was in control. He was calm. And it looked like the way I explained it in an article after the game was it didn't look like he was doing anything that was special. Like he didn't look like he was doing anything that was out of body or like some incredible singular performance. He just looked like he was going to do that every week. Like he looked like that was, what he, that was who he is. He was going to roll in and do that every yeah. single week, bring that level of consistency to the position. That didn't feel like a fluke. It felt like Graham Mertz. Yeah. And you know, the talk has been around Graham Mertz for as long as I can remember, like four years. I mean, they, they recruited the kid before he started a game in high school. I mean, it, it, yeah. the talk's been around him. Uh, Badgers fans have been excited about him. And now we get to see him, obviously the un- unfortunate circumstances surrounding Jack Cohn, but uh, you get Graham Mertz and he does that, which makes me believe we will never see Jack Cohn on uh, the Camp Randall turf, or not turf, Camp Randall grass, unless he's in a different uniform, right? I mean, I, I can't be entirely wrong there. You're not entirely wrong. It's obviously a lot of speculation because what is he going to do next year? He has an eligibility year left because right. of the whole thing, because this doesn't count towards anybody's eligibility this season. Which, which also means, by the way, Graham Mertz could be the Wisconsin quarterback takeaway this year for four more years with next year being year it's one. It's not happening. <laughs> with don't next even... year being year one. I, I don't think it'll happen either. I'm just saying that that's how much eligibility he has, which is pretty yeah. ridiculous to think about. But Jack Cohn was, was great last year at what he had to do, took care of the football, led this team, and the team loves him, and that's really important, I think. He is still a leader for this team. He's still a guy that – pushes Graham Mertz in practice, even if he can't play. He's still a guy that teammates will go to, rally around. Uh, he's still very important for this team, assuming they can get back to be playing games. Jack Cohn will be a big part of those games, even on the sidelines. And Graham Mertz actually mentioned it in his press conference after the game, said he was talking to Jack Cohn on the sidelines during the game. What are you seeing? You know, What should I be looking for? What am I seeing here? Uh, what are you seeing there? And so they're in constant communication. It's a really good partnership right now. And yeah, I would be surprised, obviously, if Graham Mertz plays like this. If he ever loses the job, but you never know. I guess you never know because, uh, of course, there's this situation that Especially can happen. Especially with this situation, right? Yeah, there's there's always stuff like this that can happen. Now, I, this, this is not even about the Badgers. This is just about this COVID situation. I'm going back to it. Sorry. This COVID situation overall in college campuses. Are we surprised this is happening? I, I don't think I am, Asher. I think it's a college campus. College kids are going to party and get drunk and hang out with their friends. I'm not. I'm actually surprised about how little there's been through several weeks of the college football season. Obviously, only one in the Big Ten, but I, I this doesn't shock me that a situation like this arises. Obviously, you never want something like this to happen. You hope everybody's healthy. You hope everybody's okay, and everybody walks away from this thing completely unscathed. But given what we know, the last what has it been now? Seven months this isn't completely crazy and out of the realm of possibility given college culture. Alex, I'm so glad you brought this up. If people listen to this podcast right now, take one thing from anything I'm going to say, let it be this. I tweeted this out a little earlier. I wasn't exactly clear. I'll be very clear right now with what I mean. And I, I can't fully get into it. I don't think in an article or in my podcast, I just feel like if I try to dive deep too deep into this subject, it gets a little sticky, a little dangerous yeah. and trying to think about, you know, well, who's at fault, who's to blame, whatever. But I can tell you this, football players, for people I know on campus, I, I'm, I'm fresh off Wisconsin's campus. I was there last year. I've been there the last three years. All my friends are seniors right now. I should be a senior right now on Wisconsin's campus. Everybody I know is still there. Football players are the safest people on campus right now. The safest people. This is not a result. 
These COVID tests are not a result of football players partying, of football players going to bars, of them being reckless. Alex, I swear to you, this is from them. They are going to practice and to their apartment and to some small classes. That's it. That's literally it. Are other college kids doing that? Absolutely oh, not. Yeah. Bars four days a week. Bars five days a week. Tons of my friends, right? Going to bars four days a week. Football players are paying the price for that, and they're paying the price for the school, a school in Wisconsin that did not set policy well at all going into this, right. had a total mess in the dorms, had a total mess in classes, thought they could fool people into thinking it'd be normal, knowing full well it wasn't going to be normal, get your tuition money, and then tell you, oh, sorry, a couple weeks in, it, it can't be normal, my bad. And that football players get it, and they're blamed because they go out and part. They don't go out. Like they, They've been so careful compared to the average student. It, it's insane. And I, I have seen this pop up a lot of places where people are like, oh, they just went out and partied, classic, you know, it happens, whatever. There was the Rutgers party, right? That one like got out as a story. Remember that mm -hmm. a couple, couple months ago? Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about Wisconsin specifically. I can't speak for other schools. I don't have that kind of knowledge of other schools. Wisconsin specifically, you won't find a safer group of kids on campus in terms of COVID precautions than the football players. So let me follow up with this then. It's a huge campus. There's tons of students. We know it's a party school. Can college athletics, obviously, with the basketball season coming up, I mean, a couple games announced uh, this week already, uh, can co like normal college kids and college athletes coexist in this same place? Or is this just always going to turn into a situation like this or often rather turn into a situation like this? I think it's often going to turn into a situation like this because you can't really control it. If I go to Chipotle to pick up a burrito, I'm standing in line with 25 other kids that were at bars last night. I'm right next to them inside for 20 minutes. I mean, like, there's just too many situations where obviously no player goes to their apartment and class and, and practice only, right? Like, you go to the grocery store. Right. You, you do some things that, that gas station, people do. Right. Gas station, right? And everything doing that there in Madison is about 25 times more dangerous than doing it basically anywhere else in the country right now. Like, literally. Wisconsin's the worst state in terms of COVID precaution in terms of COVID numbers, Madison's pretty much the worst city in Wisconsin right now, from my knowledge. I don't know if that's true, actually. But Green Bay is pretty bad too. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true, but Madison is up there with the worst cities to be in the state of Wisconsin. That's one of the worst states, if not the worst state right now in the country in terms of numbers. So, like, how much can the players do, even though they are being as safe as possible? They're just set up for failure. Yeah, it should have been prefaced. Uh, Asher's kicking it in SoCal. He's covering the Badgers from from uh, L.A. County, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you're, you're enjoying much better weather. There's snow on the ground in Stevens Point, man. I mean, I've got snow on the ground already outside my house. So Yeah, I told you to play basketball earlier today. That was outside, by the way. So Yeah, I figured. I figured. You, uh, if that gives you an idea, there you go. What's the temp there? Uh, it's been like mid-70s. Low 70s. Tough life, low. Tough life. It was a couple months ago, man. It was like 90s every day. It was not oh, but That's just the now, worst, dude. But just now, but now it's perfect. Unbelievable. All right, man. Well, uh, appreciate the time before I let you go. I guess any takeaways, any final thoughts on, on everything that's gone down this week? I, again, appreciate the time at ALO underscore 33 on Twitter and, of course, Locked on Badgers podcast and the Badgers Wire. But uh, what else you got? What, what are your What are your other thoughts? Yeah, the Dodgers are World Series champions. That's one of my big thoughts right now. And so, actually, no, let me cut you off. Uh, I want you to tell the champagne story. 
Oh man, I so well. First of all, by the way, my mom doesn't drink, so I and I, I haven't had I haven't had like alcohol in the house for a while because of that. Like I just haven't had it, so I had to run out and grab buy like the the mini bottles of champagne. There's like these like little tiny bottles. They're not they're not tiny, but like they're like the size of a beer can, whatever. So I bought like some of those, got them ready. Thought they were gonna pop, and I, you don't know this part, but I thought I was trying to buy ones that would like you know get some pop right. in them. Have some champagne for you, right? But this is all this is all last night before the game, thinking we're gonna win in six, which we did. Thank God we did, by the way, because they probably wouldn't even play game seven. But that's a whole different story. Shout out to Justin Turner. Yeah, I was trying to pop it right, and then I realized it was a twist off, so I was like, "That's kind of lame." So I twisted it off and just started drinking them, and had three of them last night, and got on Twitter and was, uh, you know, retweeting stuff and just very excited, very happy. No, no drunk tweets from me. Good for you. Tweets from me. Uh, but it was a great night drinking champagne by myself, calling my friends on FaceTime. Wasn't the night I envisioned uh, for the last 15 years of my life, like loving this team, but it was a good night. I'm happy to hear that it was uh, that it was a good night. God. Yeah. Justin Turner. Uh, I, I, give me your takeaway on this. I think this is a little bit different, obviously, than like a Badgers COVID situation, but him going back on the field after being yanked from the game, taking his mask off for the team picture. It's just like, I get the season's over. I get all of his teammates are probably like, yes, we want him to celebrate with us. But it's a really bad visual for, uh, yeah. you know, a guy named Matt Rob Manfred, who has been bad visually since the pandemic hit America. Alex, I like don't have much of an opinion on this. I'll be honest. Like I was just, I try not to think about it all happening last night while it was happening because I just wanted to enjoy You want to celebrate. I get it. And I was thinking about it and it's just like, it looks so bad. And that's really like the first thing I thought of. I was just like, this looks terrible. Um, this like is a stain on our World Series win tonight. Like everyone's talking about this. Look how bad this looks. And then there's that like part of you that's like, well, I love sports more than 99.99% of people in the world. And I couldn't imagine what's going through Justin Turner's mind. I couldn't imagine he's thinking clearly. I couldn't imagine. He, by the way, Alex is like, one of the best guys in baseball. He's a guy that has been pushing like for people to be safe and, and and follow COVID guidelines. When the Marlins thing came out, he was one of the first people to say like, guys, we gotta we gotta pick this up. We gotta we gotta follow hundred percent guidelines. And then he did that. So right. I mean, it's like it, it's really hard to see. And I just I wish someone had stopped him. And I think I, I want to put a little less blame on him. And the only reason I say that is because of what was going through his mind. Like he had just won the World Series with a team he'd been at forever for a long time and had gone through so many chokes, so many terrible losses with that team. He had just won the world series. I don't think he was thinking clearly. I don't think, and I get like you, there's, there's an argument against everything I'm saying right now. Like you could easily say like, well, what do you mean? He wasn't thinking it's a global pandemic. And and, like, you're right. Like I'm, I'm not right about this. I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm feeling in my heart. Like I'm wrong. Like I know, but like, there's just something to be said for, Someone else should have stopped him, in my opinion. Like I, I think there's something to be said for how powerful the mind is in that situation of we just want and I have to be out there. I'm literally inches away from them and I can't be there. No, I'm not gonna that's not gonna happen. Yeah. And I wish someone had stopped him, Alex. So that's that's really where I where I stand. I just wish someone had stopped him from going on the field more than I just think JT's a bad person, a bad, a bad guy, a bad teammate, whatever. I wish someone could have stopped him. And maybe there's more to it that that is just kept under wraps. I don't know. But yeah, definitely a bad visual. But nonetheless, congrats to the Dodgers. Congrats to you. I'm glad you enjoyed your champagne. And 
one more champagne question. Are you a champagne guy now, or is that like a, just a celebration thing? That's a, that's a celebratory thing. Okay. I'm still, uh, I'd, I'd still probably say I'm a wine guy. But okay. I, what I, kind, what, what, are you like a red or white? Okay. Now I'm going to dive no, into I, your alcohol. No, I like yeah. sweet. I, I, I'm very soft. I like sweet white wines. I hey, like, I'm, like, I'm a Moscato like a guy. Thing. I like, like, you know, like a German Riesling, a high acidity wine, very sweet. Very, very desserty. I don't, I don't like like the the steak, steak red wines, that that kind of thing. That's too, it's too rich for my blood. I like a little softy wine. SoCal living, man. SoCal living. Asher, appreciate it as always, brother. Thank you. Good to see you, Alex.